Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. this morning I want to take you to the book of Luke chapter 19. This is a passage that will often be looked at. Many churches are probably looking at this passage or one of the other passages in the Gospels that talk about Jesus coming into Jerusalem before His crucifixion. I just want to use it as our backdrop today and walk through some things. Uh, um, But there's some, some important points I believe that we'll pull out in our worship this morning to Jesus. And so I want to give you the context looking at Luke here, and, and if you're taking notes for the first time, you've got handouts that's in the full year, you can uh, grab those, and, and uh, just to help you out in the top right-hand corner uh, of the screen, you'll see the, the thought, and you should see a bullet point to, uh, that goes along with the Scripture. There's only a couple of fill-ins a day, so um, should be not too hard to follow along. But I want you to hear this thought along with this, this passage And just to give you a little bit of the the context, uh, when you see here in verse 28 is where we start in Luke chapter 19, it says, when he had said this, talking about Jesus, he went on ahead going to Jerusalem. So it's easy a lot of times just to jump into a passage and then start going through, but it gets my attention. It's like, what did he say? (laughs) What was going on? We don't have time to to preach the whole story of Jesus up to this point, but just want to give you the context, what was going on here. This is, the, this is where Jesus just got done talking about the parable of the minus, or if you see it in the, in the book of Matthew, it's the parable of the, of the ten talents. And if you know that story a little bit, I won't preach the story, but just give you a little bit of the backdrop of the, of the talents. Uh, there was a, an owner that was leaving, uh, uh, leaving his town for a while, leaving his house, and he had money, and he gave it to, and in this parable, he gave it to ten different people. And this is his servants, and he says, I want you to take care of this, and, and with the idea, I want you to increase this while I'm gone. And when he returns, he gets back, and he finds out that some were faithful. One who had uh, given ten talents uh, increased it and, and, and by ten, and, and he said, well done, and Matthew, well done, uh, thy good and faithful servant. And you've been faithful of a few things, I'm going to make you faithful of many. And many of you have heard this parable and, and heard the story, and you see that, that passage, but it's so interesting where it falls in. In the book of Luke, uh, uh, right before Jesus enters into Jerusalem for the last time. See, every one of the Gospels give the, gives this uh, account in a little bit of a different way. And, and, you know, the Holy Spirit moved on the hearts of these writers. And, and they weren't taking journals while perhaps at the time when they were walking with Jesus. But the, the Holy Spirit helped them remember. And so all the accounts are, are not like identical word for word and, and in, even in the same uh, order at some times in the Gospels. But this passage uh, in Luke says, after he said this, he got done talking about this idea of being faithful. If you understand the end of that parable, what Jesus is saying is the servant or the master of the house said, those who weren't faithful with what I gave them to be faithful to, they're going to end up suffering, but I'm going to give more to those who are faithful. How many wants to be faithful to God and receive more blessings from the Lord? So it's on our faithfulness. And he gives this hard, this hard parable to, for them to some of them understand because someone's like, hey, they gave it back to you. What's the hard thing? God wants us to be faithful. What are we supposed to be faithful for with right now? Now, we have been given the story and the truth of the gospel to share with others. That's the the gift that God has given to us. We are to be good stewards of the story of Jesus to share with those who are lost and undone. How many know somebody that's not, you're not judging them, but you realize that that they need Jesus in their life. And, And so we're praying, God, help us deliver this message. So this is the, the story he tells right before he goes in to Jerusalem for the last time. So let's pick up in verse 29. So with this thought, I want you to hear this. Give in response to his presence. See, if you think about the parable again, these servants were supposed to be good stewards because they knew that their master was going to come back. Uh, the, the presence uh, of the master was going to return, and he was going to judge how they were faithful over what he gave them. 
Jesus is coming back again. How many can declare that this morning? You know Jesus is coming back, and he's going to judge our faithfulness of what he's given to us. He's given us salvation, and he's given us a message to share. So it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples now I'm just going to read through the story. We may pull out a, a couple of thoughts, but we'll get to the crux of it here in a minute. So saying to them, he said, go into the village opposite of you where you are to enter. You will find a colt tied on which no one has ever set. Loose it and bring it here. And he already said ahead of time, here's what you're going to run into. He says, if anyone's asked you, why are you loosing it? Because he knew that they were going to run into some folks, especially the owner. If you look at the other uh, gospel accounts of it, the, he said, the, the owner's like, what are you taking this colt for? He says, when they ask, you should say, because the Lord has need of it. He has need of it. What they're saying is, Jesus is about to take a ride into Jerusalem. His presence is coming this way, and he has need of something from you, but you need to respond and give to his presence. How many understands the Lord needs our worship, wants our worship? He doesn't need anything from us, but we're going to use that word a little bit. He wants our worship. He, he needs us to, to respond because that's how we need it. Amen? We need to respond to his presence. His presence is here. His presence was there, and about to go to Jerusalem, the, the people are going to respond to the presence of the Lord. He says, we're going to take him in. And, and he's asking of this uh, for his journey into Jerusalem. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as they had said to him. But as they were loose in the colt, no surprise, the owner said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Again, listen, give in response to his presence. Now, I'm not just talking about money. We're not just talking about finances. Obviously, that we believe in giving of our finances, of our, of our tithes and our offerings, and we do that in response of his presence in our life. But when we're talking about giving in response to his presence, it's not just monetary. It's about giving of ourselves. Given of our time, given of our talents, given of our treasures. That's why we see the importance of the parable of the ten talents uh, right before this passage. Be because the, the Lord is reminding that we are going to be judged according to our faithfulness of his presence and how we give. We're going to have an account of how we give our life. Uh, or another way is how we live our life for Jesus Christ and for the kingdom of God. We have been bought by a price and, and when we come into the kingdom of God, we are now now have a responsibility to serve the King of Kings. We have the, we have the privilege to, to share his story to those who are undone, those that are hurry, hurting, and those that are in need of a Savior. But we're going to be held account of that. But we give because of his presence, in response of his presence. How many can declare that you have the presence of the Lord in your life? Uh, you know when you wake up in the morning that you're not waking up alone. Jesus is there with you, that he's not walking, you're not walking by yourself, but he's walking with you throughout the day. When you leave for work and when you're there in the middle of the day, when all the pressures of your work comes in, uh, Jesus is there with you, and so you want to give out of his presence being there. Give the fruit of the Spirit to someone who needs the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not talking about grabbing fruit and throwing it at them. I'm talking about showing love and peace and patience. Don't use the fruit as a weapon. Use it as a way to show your relationship with Jesus Christ and that because He lives in you, you can love others. Amen? He said, the Lord has need of Him. Verse 35, then they brought Him to Jesus this colt, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. As we move into verse 36, I want you to hear this. Respond. <coughs> Respond in praise. I'm going to have to slow down a little bit, try to keep my breath here. As he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Look at the response. Taking their clothes, their cloaks, their their coats are laying them on the road that Jesus is about to travel on. You think about it, Jesus is riding this donkey 
They're laying their clothes, uh, their, their coats on the road. Who do you think is going to walk over that? <coughs> this, this donkey that Jesus is, is riding upon is getting ready to walk all over their clothes. How many is willing to give your pride away and take your clothes, your clothes and, and lay it on the ground so it can be trampled on for the presence of the Lord? Isn't that a representation of laying down pride? I'm willing to lay this down, knowing what's about to happen, but I'm going to give praise to Jesus Christ, uh, who the one who is called the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, he's worthy of everything. And this is, a, this is an act of humility that we're going to let you, O oh Lord, walk over what we think that we're prideful. I'm sure some of them were prideful of the clothes. Anybody ever had something that you bought that looked really good and you couldn't wait to, to show someone else, look how good this looks on me, right? No one? Some of you get some new clothes, I can't wait to wear this too. And some of you say church, I can't wait to wear this at church, it looks good. Are you willing to lay that down? Are you willing to lay it down for Christ to have full reign of your life and give him the honor and praise? That's what this is about. Then as he was now drawing near the sin of Mount Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they have seen. Think about this. Uh, they're remembering now. This is at the end of uh, the ministry of Jesus Christ. He's about to go into Jerusalem to be crucified, and they're starting to remember what Christ has done over the last three years of his ministry. They've seen blinded eyes open. They, they've seen deaf ears begin to be able to hear again. Uh, they saw a withered hand stretched out. Uh, they saw lepers be, be healed of leprosy. They saw people who were dead raised from the dead. Can anybody rejoice right now? Can anybody remember what Christ has done in your life? at the times that he has healed you and brought you through and, and given you peace and, and given you security and, and mended, mended relationships? Can anybody testify the day of the goodness of God? Can we just take a praise moment right now and thank him, oh Lord? We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all the mighty things that you have done. This is what they're doing. They're responding to the presence of the Lord in praise. They realize this one riding in is the one who's touched my family. Uh, Peter was there that day. Uh, he even celebrated that Christ raised his mother-in-law. Someone gives praise for that. Uh, Jesus raised his mother-in-law from the dead, or not from the dead, but her sickness. She was about to die. Uh, Jesus was there to minister, amen? They're remembering all the good things that Christ has done. I want to let you know, if you ever get down, you ever get discouraged, you ever get depressed, begin to think about what Christ has done in your life and let the joy of the Lord begin to flood. It will take over the room. Amen? Amen. Verse 38, they're crying out, blessed is a king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. If we look at this passage in the book of John, John chapter 12, we see the same account there. And this is what these two verses uh, in showing their, uh, their praise. It says, The next day the multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches or branches of palm trees, and they went out to meet him, and they cried out, Hosanna. How many of you know we've been singing about Hosanna this morning and, and singing that out, which means blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Hosanna means, oh, save, or, or save us now. Someone begin to cry out right now, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, O Lord, Hosanna. Back into our main passage in Luke, verse 39, it says, And some of the Pharisees called out from the crowd. And you've heard this story. You, you've seen the, this message preached before, but the Pharisees were getting upset with the loudness of praising Jesus Christ. And they said, You need to rebuke your, your disciples. But their answer, then they said to them, I tell you that if these, this is what Jesus says, if, if these should keep silent, if these should keep silent, the ones who are worshiping now, if they should keep silent, the stones will immediately cry out. So you got to listen to this right now. Don't let dead stones cry out in your place. Someone say it with me. Don't let dead stones cry out in your place. you got to see the emphasis. I don't want a dead stone. I, I don't want something that doesn't have any life in it calling out it praises to God in my place. Say it one more time. Don't let dead stones cry out in your place. One more time for me. Go ahead. 
Amen. So let's do the Bible. You ready? I told you we weren't going to stand long in that passage, but God's not done yet. This week, which is Holy Week, I want you to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 25. And pray this, Lord, as a living stone, I cry out. Blessed is the one who's about to return again. Just as you had a triumphant entry into Jerusalem to die for my sins, you will have a triumphant return to take me home. How many knows that Jesus is about to return? Amen. We don't know what day, we don't know what hour, but he's coming back again. How many's ready? How many's looking for his return? Listen to it one more time. Lord, as a living stone, I cry out, blessed is the one who's about to return again. Just as you had a triumphant entry into Jerusalem to die for my sins, you will have a triumphant return to take me home. Now you might be wondering why I pulled out 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's look at a few verses here before I tell you the reason that I went to this, excuse me, went to this passage. Therefore, laying aside all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. He's talking about Jesus. Now he talks about us. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones. Go ahead and tell your neighbor right now, I'm a living stone. I'm alive. I don't want a dead stone praising out for me. I'm alive. I'm a living stone. I believe that God is going to use the living stones in these last days. Amen. Now here's something that's interesting. As the Lord is moving my heart to prepare for this message, I was praying and looking at some passages, definitely looking at the triumphant entry, and, and that passage there in Luke, I always like to grab it because I love what is there, what it's saying. If these don't cry out, these stones are going to cry out for me. That always grabs my attention because I, I believe that we're being called a people of worship and praise, and so we can't stay silent. I love that song that we do. That uh, I don't know all the words right now, but don't don't stay silent. We gotta we gotta sing praises out to him. We sang it last week. We let the, let it come out of us, Amen. Not for our sake, but we give him praise. But something happens within us when we become worshipers. And so as I was looking at this, and we've been in this study on the, on the presence of the Lord, uh, Sister Connie gave me a book uh, several weeks ago. This is the title of the book. It's it's called Desperate. For his presence. She goes, Pastor, you may like this because you've been talking about the presence of the Lord. We've been, we've been talking about the, being desperate for his presence. And the, and the subtitle is God's Design to Transform Your Life and Your City. And it's by Rhonda Yui. I haven't read the book yet. It's been, a, it's, it's been in my pile of books, which I have a, a, a place where I read often. But as I was preparing and praying, I, I saw that cover again, and so I, I, I picked it up because we're just in this presence. And I didn't read it, but I started just thumbing through some of the chapters, looking through it. And, and chapter 10 got my attention. Look, look at the, the title here, Restoration of the Priesthood. Now, what got my attention wasn't the title yet. It was right underneath the title. There were some verses right there from 1 Peter chapter 2. Since you also, as living stones, are being built up, a, a spiritual house, a, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That got my attention. You're like, why did it get your attention? Because we have been studying the book of First uh, uh, Peter on Wednesday nights, and so it's just been in my mind. And so this wasn't uh, me looking for this. Again, I've shared in the last few weeks how the Lord has moved on me at certain times. I've picked up certain books, and it just happened to be where I was at is for the time and the moment that we're in right now. How many that believes that God does order our steps? Then ordering our steps not is just where we walk, but it's what we do, it's what we read, and where we end up. I don't believe this was an accident. 
So out of nowhere, I'm picking up this book. I'm not ready to read yet, but I have it uh, there. And, and so I'm just thumbing through, and right there I see First uh, Peter chapter 2. I'm like, we've been in that. So, and it's actually tying into what I'm going to be preaching on. Don't let, the, don't let the stones cry out in our place. Amen. So thank you, Jesus. But it gets better. Are you ready? So I, I thought, well, I probably should read just a little bit of the chapter. So I didn't get very far. I just started reading the first two pages of that chapter. Here's a little bit from the first two pages. Let me give you the backdrop. She is uh, writing and, and about an account where she was in Anderson, Indiana, with a group of pastors and leaders uh, in, a, in, a, in a conference, and she was about to have a teaching session, so she's reflecting back on this. So she writes this, I, I longed for a fresh word from the Lord to encourage my friends. As I prepared, the Lord prompted me with a verse from Nehemiah where King Artaxerxes asked Nehemiah, what is your request of me? Nehemiah responds by telling him how he was burdened to return to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. That is page 131 and 132. Can I just remind you that the beginning of this year, actually it was on January the 15th, uh, I preached this message, uh, Favor for Rebuilding. And this is a couple of slides from that message. Uh, favor to rebuild what has been destroyed. Nehemiah chapter 1, or chapter 2 in this, pa this passage, the king said to me, what do you require? So I prayed to the God of heaven, verse 5, and I said to the king, if it please the king and if your servant has found what? Found favor in your sight. I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Can I remind you what the Lord has been putting on our heart at the beginning of this year for the returning, for the refining, and for the rebuilding? We called it R3N23. Someone say that with me, R3N23. That message isn't done. That message isn't complete. Complete. The season isn't over. There's still going to be returning. There's going to be a refining. There's going to be a rebuilding. God is not done. He keeps doing something to remind us that he has a plan. God has a plan. Someone say that. God has a plan. He's not done. He's not finished. But until he comes again, we need to be worshipers of God Almighty, giving our very best in praise giving our very best uh, everything that we do to Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. Last night, uh, uh, my daughters had a, a guest over that, who've been to youth camp with them for years. And when they get together, a lot of times they grab the, the camp DVDs and they start watching them. And, and, and you've got to understand, you watch the DVDs and, and you're, you're seeing the kids having fun. You see them throwing baloney into a target. You see them hitting each other with sock, uh, with flour and socks. They see all kinds of things. And, 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 and you're seeing this taking place. But you also see glimpses of their worship services. And I've watched a lot of these kids, and, and some of these young adults in our, in our, in our church uh, were in these videos. And, uh, and before we ever came here to be pastors, they were, they were here in this church. They were at camps, and, and we've seen them. And, and other students around the state that, that we've seen grow up, it's amazing. Every year you see them getting a little bit bigger. Jaden Muncy used to be this tall. And then all of a sudden he shows up this tall. I don't know what happened to him. I, I wonder what they found him to eat in Scottsburg. But uh, uh, he just grew. But it's, it's amazing seeing this. But what's amazing is seeing these kids in worship. And you watch them, and there's tears flowing down their eyes. And they're in worship. They're around the altars, and they're praising God. And what they're experiencing is real. What they're, what they're going through is real. It's not just an emotional response. It's real. It's got moving on them. But I also have to let you know our heart is broken because we saw a lot of those, we've seen a lot of those students. And I'm not talking about this, this, this church, but some from this church, sons and daughters of, of our congregation. We've seen that they've gotten out into the world and, 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 and this, their stories are hard. They've been, been crippled by the things of this world. We've seen this and we see it throughout the states. And, and it's like, well, where's that person? And it's like, well, we found out that they're in this and they're doing that. And our heart's broken. We're not judging. Our heart's broken. Lord, remind them. That's been our prayer. Remind them at some low point in their life, the experience they had at a youth camp or at a church service, to let them know that you love them and 
and that you have good plans for them. And I want to remind our young adults here and those who might be watching on later on that God loves you and that he doesn't want you to try to find a way from him and then get it back. He wants to hold you and keep you close to him. He wants you to be a worshiper. He wants you to be one who testifies of his goodness. You don't have to experience the pains of this world. You're going to have some troubles and tribulations, but you don't have to experience the pains of sin and the consequences of a sin if you hold on to Jesus Christ. I want to remind you that there's going to be a return and there are some are returning, but we've got to keep praying. We can't stop believing and praying for the return of our prodigals. So when we watch these videos, we celebrate, but then we also turn into a moment of prayer. It may not be out loud, but I know my wife and I, we were praying and we talk about after the Lord, we, we pray, Lord, help us. If there's a way we can reach out to these students, they need to hear that they're loved. They need to know that, that God loves them, but not only God, but there's a people that love them, that they're known, notice, and love. They need to understand that. And that only comes when the body of Christ surrounds them. And, and every person in this church, you need to be surrounded by the body of Christ. So I encourage our, our young people. God wants to do something amazing in our young people. That's where the revival has been starting across the United States, and so we, we commend that. Lord, let the revival pour out even here amongst our young people. Lord, let us catch on what you're wanting to do. It doesn't look like the revival of yesterday or last year or 10 years ago, 20 years ago. He's doing a fresh and new thing today. How many is ready to see what God is doing today? I'm ready to lay down my traditions. I'm ready to lay down my religion. We sing that song. Let's mean that song. God, I want to lay it all down. I'm ready to take off this uh, this clothes and lay it down it may be trampled on but lord you're not putting it down we're just making room for you don't we sing that too make room for him lord we want to make room for you right now because you're not done returning refining rebuilding Amen. so i want to connect the messages this morning this message is over the last few months the beginning of the year i want to go to john chapter 2 Verse 19, Jesus says this, and he said to them, destroy the temple and in three days I will raise it up. We understand what that means. He's talking about his crucifixion and resurrection, right? But when he said this, this was early in his ministry. In fact, this is, John, this is John's account of Jesus cleansing the temple. When he ran out to those that were selling goods in the temple, right? If you look at the, the synoptic gospels, uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and the term synoptic just means similar. Matthew, Mark, and Luke have similar stories through them. John is a, also a gospel, but his accounts are a little bit different. John writes different. He doesn't share all the same stories. You'll pick up a few, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke have similar stories. That's why when you're reading the Bible through and you get to, if you're reading it, you know, the New Testament and, and you hear Matthew and you get in the, in the Mark, you're like, didn't I just hear that story? Yeah, you did. They're, they're sharing uh, some of the same stories. Not all the same details, and there's some just a, a little bit different because they're sharing from their their perspective. But this is what they said, that John doesn't say this. He says, in three days, I'll build it again. He's the only one that says, in three days, I'm going to build it again. But here's what Matthew, Mark, and Luke remember from that time. And this is what they brought out. And the Holy Spirit reminds them to write this down. And he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Say that with me. My house shall be called a house of prayer. That doesn't mean it wasn't important to John. But what was important to John was he said, that Jesus said he's going to build it up again in three days. And John was remembering what that really meant is Jesus said he's going to be crucified, he is going to be buried, but he's not going to stay dead. How many knows that this week, this Holy Week, we're thanking God for what he's about to do on Resurrection Sunday, looking back that he rose again from the dead. And so we're looking at this week, God, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made. We know that you're no longer dead, that you didn't stay dead. Lord, you rose again from that grave and and you gave us life. You sealed our salvation that day. But it's important on that account. The other writers say, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So I submit this. Living stones cry out to the Lord in prayer. Jesus said, if these don't cry out, the dead stones. He didn't say dead, but that's what they are. The dead stones will cry out. But Peter reminds us that we're not dead stones, but we're living stones. 
If you're a believer and you're a living stone, that means you're a person who prays. Living stones cry out. Dead stones don't do anything. Living stones cry out. Dead stones keep silent. Living stones sing out praise. Dead stones just sit there with a, with a look on their face like, why am I even here? Living stones are people of worship. Living stones respond to the presence of the Lord. It, it may be different than someone else, but you're not just going to not respond. You're going to respond in some way. It may be a tear. It may be a cry. But you're going to respond in the presence of the Lord if you have the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says this, out of your bellies will flow rivers, what? Of living water. Jesus is a God of life. Jesus is life, and in him there's no darkness. There's no death. We have life in him. And so as living stones, the Lord, we cry out to the Lord in prayer. Prayer will empower the returning, the refining, and the rebuilding. No matter how I feel, I don't want to be a dead stone. I'm going to give it all I've got. I'm going to give it till my voice is gone. I'm going to give it until I can't stand up anymore. Some of you that may feel like, I need to sit down. Maybe push through just a little bit longer and see what happens. You're stepping on toes, Pastor. I'm just saying I want to be a living stone. I don't want to sit on the Lord. I want to worship God. I'll just tell you a personal testimony. When I was in my early 20s, in a, in a Church of God basketball tournament that weren't sanctified, there was a lot of things. Dennis, you played in some of those. There's some, there's some attitudes they got out there. That's why they stopped the tournament. They, they said these Christians can't get along with each other. They're yelling at the referees. It's bad when pastors were getting texts. I wasn't one of them, but there, there's some pastors who were getting teed up. It's like, we got to stop this. But in a basketball tournament, out of, out of nowhere, I just, my back started hurting. I'm like, okay, I'll just play through it. After that weekend, I couldn't hardly walk. Come to find out, I had some slip discs. For years it bothered me. I praise the Lord for His healing touch. Amen. But there was moments and times of desperation. I was crying out, Lord, how, how am I going to get through this? It was so miserable at times I couldn't even sleep in bed. I had to sleep on the floor. I couldn't find a comfortable position. Now I remember during that time that we were living in Tennessee and, and we lived about uh, 40 minutes from Chattanooga and that's where they were having their camp meeting. And so we were going to get down to camp meeting. Teal Lowry's going to be there. How many knows if Teal Lowry's there you want to show up because uh, he's been known to, to, to be used in a gift of healing. I'm like, I'm going to get there. I'm, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to go. And, and so uh, we had a friend drive us. Uh, she had a Mustang. That sounds pretty cool, right? Not if you got a bad back, it's not. I'm sitting in the back seat, every bump on, on I-75, I felt. I was crying out in pain before we got there. I wasn't worshiping God, I was crying. It was hurting. But I was determined when I got there. I walked in with a cane. Here I'm in my young 20s, I'm walking in with a cane. But I was determined, I'm going to worship God. I didn't feel like it during worship. I stood up anyway. I needed to sit down because the pain was so heavy. But I was determined. Can I, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying I had a made-up mind that I was going to worship God. I would stand there. I was in pain. And then uh, it was time for the altar call, and, and I made my way up. And, and, and Brother Lowey prayed for me, and I started jumping in the altars, and I thought I was healed, and everything felt good. And then the music stopped. The praise was over. I went back to my seat, and then I was, like, hurting again. I'm like, Lord, what is happening? Some of you have heard this story again, but I just remind you this morning, God is faithful. That was the first night. I, I walked out in pain again. I'm like, how did this happen? Sister Linda, you've been there before. You understand this, right? Went back the second night, another long drive. Whoo, that was bad. Got there, did the same thing. Still didn't understand it, but in the moment, I felt the release. In a moment of praise and worship, I, and I believe, God, I know you're able to do it. You show me your power, even though I may still experience this when I went home. I'm not giving up. Don't give up on God's healing touch. Uh, don't Look, I can jump today. I'm not worried about it. I, I'm trusting. Now my ankles hurt when I jump. It's not my back. Uh, but I'm trusting the Lord. I can't pray. But here's what I understood. He deserves the praise no matter how I feel. It doesn't change who he is. I'm going to give him praise. Even though it hurts, I'm going to give him praise. And then I find joy in the praising. There's power will be, prayer will empower the returning. So here's the question for you. Who's ready to act like living stones? Are you ready 
Who's ready to act like living stones this morning? Will you stand to your feet and begin to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is the one who is coming again. Say that with me. Blessed is the one who is coming again. We're not worshiping the Savior who's on his way to crucifixion. We're worshiping the risen Savior who's about to return for a church that is looking for him. Hosanna, blessed is the one who's returning. How many believe he's coming back again? So if you're watching online or if you're here, maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. Here's what we believe is going to happen from the Word of God. Jesus died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. After that, he, he, roamed, he, he walked on the earth for another 40 days, and he did some other things with the disciples, telling them, and then he ascended to heaven. The disciples watched him ascend. They watched him just go up uh, from the earth through the clouds to heaven. And when he did that, uh, they were all looking like, what just happened? And the angels of the Lord stood out and said, listen, the same way that he went up is the same way he's coming back again. And he's looking for a church that's looking for him. So we believe, and we stand on this, that Jesus is coming again. We call it the rapture of the church. He's going to come back for the church and take us out of this place. That's why we need to live for him now, because it's going to happen, when we say, like in a twinkling of an eye, that fast. No one knows a day, no one knows the time, no one knows the hour. Why is that? Because if we, God gave us a day, the time, and hour, if it was going to be at 2 o'clock on Sunday, uh, April the 2nd, how many believes this place would be overpacked right now? Because they're like, hey, i got to get there this day because the rapture is going to take place in the afternoon. I better be ready. No, you need to be ready now. This place needs to be packed every week, and every church in Portage needs to be packed out because God is looking for the people that's looking for him. So how do you get ready? It's by giving your heart to Jesus Christ. Last week we celebrate, there's, there was two people that came and they gave their heart to Jesus, say, I want to be ready for his return. We're promised his return is going to happen. We don't know the day and time. But there's going to be some that's not going to be here on earth when his return because they're going to go by death. Either way, you need to be ready to meet Jesus. And you get ready by just saying, Jesus... I ask you to come into my heart. If there's anyone in this place this morning and you say, I need Jesus to come into my heart, I want to give him my life, without any hesitation, will you just raise your hand? If you've not given your heart to Jesus before, is there anyone that says, I need to give my heart to Jesus? Thank you for those who raise your hand. I'm going to ask you this. As we start singing this song here in a moment. I want you to come down here and join me. I want to pray with you because I want you to be able to receive Christ and walk out with this, this knowledge, I've been saved. I'm ready to meet Jesus, and the Lord wants to do that for you today. Don't be ashamed because I'm going to ask this question. How many people here had to come down to an altar to get saved? You raise your hands and you walk down. So you weren't ashamed, right? <coughs> so if you raise your hand here in just a moment when we start singing, just come down. I'm going to pray with you, and God's going to touch your life. Here in a moment, we're going to go into communion. We're going to remember what Christ has done for us in taking of the bread, drinking of the cup. We're going to celebrate, and we're going to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is the one who's coming again. Amen? We've sang this song a lot. I can't think of a better song. You may get tired of it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I believe it's going to be a theme song. I speak Jesus. We declare in Jesus' name that our sons and daughters are going to come home. Amen? There's a return. There's a refining. What is the refining? It's in us. Lord, refine me. Refine us as a church. Uh, help us refine our, our vision and our mission to know that we're on track right now in 2023, the direction you want us to go, and help us rebuild. How many believe that God is still a rebuilder? He's not done. He's not finished. Say, He's not done. He's not done. Amen. If you raise your hand, I'm going to meet you right over here in this corner. I've moved over here. But I'm going to move right over here this side. Let's sing to the Lord and be ready to have communion. Over every heart and every mind 
getting them ready here in a moment I'm going to ask and everybody doesn't have to come down but I'm going to open this area to come and take communion together if you need to stay in your seat that's fine but those who want to you can join us around here I believe something's about to break loose here in just a moment but part of the song here in a moment we're going to be singing over sons and daughters and now you can't take communion for somebody else you can't, you can't pay penance for somebody else. You can't pray somebody else into salvation. You can pray for them that their hearts will be open. But you can't get anybody saved just through your prayers. But I want to use this time prophetically to say that we're believing as we're taking this communion this morning that the next time we take communion together, one of our sons, one of our daughters, somebody else who's lost in this community is going to be with us to do this, remembering what Christ has done for me. How many can, how many can grab onto that this morning? How many, can, how many can join me with that, that prayer of faith right now that we're going to take this communion this morning? And you may want to come and stand in for someone. Meaning that, Lord, as I stand here thanking you for my salvation, I'm praying for salvation. It may be, a, again, a son, a daughter, a mother, a father, aunt, uncle, whoever is on your heart. You begin, God, I'm going to stand in right now for them. We've done this before. Guess what? We're going to do it again. We're going to keep praying for the lost. And we're going to keep standing in for them. Knowing that it's not saving them, but it's going to make, it's going to, it's going to put something on their heart. I believe God's going to knock at their heart's door. How many believes even this very hour? That shows up so many times in Scripture this very hour. I believe this very hour the Lord's going to be knocking on some heart's doors. They're going to, they're going to look at the clock like, you know, I could have been in the house of the Lord this morning. I could have been there with my mom or I could have been there with my dad. I, I, I could be there with my grandparents. There, there's some, some of you here that have grandchildren. How many have grandchildren that you want to see saved? Go ahead and raise your hand. So this morning, we're, we're not going to take it yet. We're going to sing just a little bit more. Be ready to respond in praise and believing that God's going to move on our hearts. So if you feel led to come stand up here, go ahead and join me this, this morning. Let's go ahead and sing a little bit more. Hallelujah.
Shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. Declare his name for your family now and speak Jesus. song as a declaration for our family, but also for healing. Amen. How many believes again that God is still a God who heals the day? So there's many things that we do when we remember what Jesus did for us, but the breaking of this bread representing his body by drinking of this juice that represents his blood is for salvation, it's for healing, and it's for the prayer over our families. So right now, Lord, we remember what you did by your body being broken for us. We do this in remembrance of you. Will you take it this morning? Do this in remembrance of Jesus. And by the blood of Jesus Christ, he covers the sins of those who call on his name by his blood. How many sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus? Lord, we thank you, O God for covering our sins. Now, Lord, we stand here and we thank you and we remember, but we're praying for our lost loved ones. Lord, for those around this, this church, around this community that hasn't called on your name, we stand here, Lord, believing the next time that we take communion together, there's going to be somebody else with us who's received you as their Savior. So, Lord, we do this in remembrance of you. Take this in remembrance of him. Glory to your name. Hallelujah.
I just want to pray a prayer over the congregation right now, and then I'm going to ask uh, Sister Tammy if you'll lead us in that closing prayer again like you did last week. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you, Lord, for this message of your word, Lord, for what we remember what you did for us as you headed into Jerusalem. But, Lord, we're serving a risen Savior, and you have good plans for us. You want to save our families. You want to save our friends, our neighbors. And so, God, I pray, use us this week. As we find a time of fasting this week, praying for the lost, Lord, I know you're going to respond to that. And we ask you to have your way. We pray again a, a prayer of healing for those that need a physical healing in their body. We pray, Lord, that you'll cover them at home, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you say this closing prayer with us this morning? Psalms 19 and 14. Everybody together, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer.